Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson, and I'm so glad that you're listening to our show. On today's show, we chat with Jason Evans from the Duke Basketball Report talking about everything going on in the world of Duke hoops, a couple of big commitments, the ACC schedule has been released. We'll get into a lot of different talking points with our good friend Jason Evans when he joins us on today's show. This is a daily Duke Athletics podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. And be sure to follow and subscribe this podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and review. When you do that, that means a whole lot to me. I give Five Star Friday shout-outs to those that leave reviews. Those will be coming back tomorrow, obviously. So leave us a five-star review so I could shout you out on the podcast. Looking forward to that here today. Excited to chat with Jason Evans from the Duke Basketball Report. We'll get into that conversation right after this on the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com, a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked On Blue Devils in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Welcome back into the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. J.J. Jackson here with Jason Evans from the Duke Basketball Report back for another visit, one of my all-time favorite guests here on the program. Jason, I hope you're doing well. I am. I'm doing quite well. Thanks a lot, man. I always enjoy chatting with you, J.J. So we've got a lot to discuss. It's been a really busy week uh, for Duke basketball and a few weeks since we've had the opportunity to last speak. I don't know where you want to start because there's so much to do. We've got a lot of recruiting that we could discuss, which uh, you obviously love so much. But before we do that, I I guess let's kind of just start with the the full ACC schedule coming out. I know you guys did a a full breakdown on the DBR podcast. What kind of stood out to you about that uh, schedule for Duke? Well, so first of all, I will say that I think the schedule – when it's the ACC, every year you know it's going to be, it's going to have these, you know, stretches that are going to be difficult and, and other stretches where you think, oh, that'll be easy. And then the reality is even the easy games, the ACC end up being challenging. I mean, look, we can all recall many a season when Duke was really, really good and, you know, went to a Boston college and you're like, oh, this is a, an easy win. And, and suddenly you're in a dogfight the whole way or, or, you know, go to a Virginia Tech and you're thinking, oh, Virginia Tech's not that up this year and they beat us. That kind of thing happens all the time. So to some extent, when I look at the ACC schedule, I just kind of go, it is what it is, man. I mean, we're going to play Carolina twice. You know, we're going to have tough games that, uh, against the Virginias and the Louisvilles, uh, who are always good. But even the teams that are easy are, are still going to be a major challenge. I just I, I, I don't sweat the schedule as, as much as some other people do for that reason because I, I've seen it all a million times. To, to me, the most interesting thing about the schedule is look at every single one of those away games. 
every time we play at another stadium, it's the last time Coach K will be playing on that floor. Right. And those fans and those teams, those opposing coaches, the people who've been part of those programs, you know, for 30-plus years watching Coach K come in and mostly beat their bottoms every time, <laughs> it's going to be really interesting to see. I think that we're going to see, you know, a lot of, a lot of folks giving him going away presents and gifts, you know, rocking chairs and things like that. And we're going to see a lot of teams where, like, they're going to say this is our last chance to be a part of Coach K's legacy by beating him. And they're going to be really, really gunning for the Blue Devils. For sure. No, I mean, look, it, in terms of the opponents, obviously you know them. But it's like you're saying, we've played these schools for years and years and years. And you're right, the the opponents that uh, you don't always worry about sometimes get up to play Duke, uh, especially in their house and that sort of thing. The order in which the games are played is always interesting. And then also uh, all these conferences have gotten so good at their rotations with who you're playing twice, when you're playing them, and that sort of thing. So that's obviously something that uh, always stands out. And then everyone wants to know specifically so they can already mark their calendars when those North Carolina games are going to be. You know, we've in the past had a midweek game and always a Saturday game. But over the past several years, it's been both Saturday games, which I've certainly been appreciative of. Oh yeah, for sure. Look, the, the Carolina game—you always mark it down in your schedule. And and to me, that I can't—I can't believe that some. You know, we you, we alternate which year we play at their place first, and which year we play at our place first. The fact that it worked out that the that this year we play them at home in the final home game of Coach K's career. I mean, I'm sure you've heard the stories. There was an auction, a charity auction, but still an auction of four tickets to the Duke Carolina game on, on Saturday, March 5th. And the four tickets sold for a million dollars. Oh my God. $1 million <laughs> for four tickets to the Duke Carolina game on Saturday, March 5th. If you are someone out there who has tickets already to that game, I mean, like your choice may be, do I want to go see the game or do I want to buy a new car? <laughs> Cause those tickets are going to be worth, I can't imagine there's any way that even the bad, not, not like there's a bad seat in Cameron, but even the worst seat in Cameron is going to be a $10,000 plus ticket, I think. How can it not be, right? That's insane. No, but you're right. I mean, it's just, it's wild. It's the truth. Prices are going to continue to skyrocket because everyone wants to see Coach K on the on the sidelines one final time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm dying for it. It's going to be so exciting. And, and, and by the way, I mean, you were talking about the order of the games. I mean, I, I, it is worth noting that it's, it's sort of a, it's a pretty tough stretch at the end for the Blue Devils. Because we've got – when I looked at the schedule, I was like, okay, well, this is, a, this is the toughest run of games. We've got Florida State at home. We're at Virginia. We're at Syracuse. We're at Pitt. Um, so it's, you know, three away games right. in a row, including, you know, Virginia – arguably the second-best team in the conference, way up there, always tough. Um, Syracuse, the Carrier Dome is going to be insane for Coach K's final appearance. And, and Jim Beheim, I mean, there's, there's just tremendous emotion there for Coach K and for, and for Coach Beheim. Pittsburgh, playing Jeff Capel, you know, for the last time, that's going to be emotional. And then Carolina. I mean, look at that five-game. That's just an insane five-game stretch. Florida State, by the way, maybe, you know, one of the top two or three teams in the conference in all likelihood. So Florida State at Virginia at Syracuse at Pitt and then Carolina to close the schedule. It's those five games are just going to be insane, and that's going to be where the end of the Coach K ride kind of media frenzy gets to be bigger and no bigger doubt. and bigger. 
No doubt. Yeah, no, that's all. A, a final matchup with, with North Carolina to close out the year and to start that three-game stretch, you've got uh, Virginia, as you're saying, the last matchup for, for Coach K and Tony Bennett, who obviously a lot of people regard them now that uh, Roy Williams has departed as the top two coaches in the conference, along with Leonard Hamilton and, and Jim Beheim up there at, at Syracuse. But what's always stood out to me, Jason, is uh, Coach K's mark of a 14-4 and record versus Tony Bennett. Like, how is that possible? I, I don't know because where those Tony Bennett, those Virginia teams are always really, really good. And so many of those I, games little, go I'm, down I'm, to like one possession. You know, so many of those games are, are one or two point victories. Yeah, and, and we've been on the good side <laughs> way more than we have, which is which is really nice uh, because usually they're the team that we're battling. You know, for the very top of the ACC standings. Although it feels like lately Virginia's gotten, even though we may get the best of them on the court. They, they seem to get the best of us in the standings more often than I would like. No doubt about that, yeah. <laughs> we we got to figure out a way to get, get around that for sure. I, you know, I actually think Virginia is a really interesting team this year because they've had some real turnover on the roster the past couple of years. Right. And um, I, I'm of the belief that uh, Tony Bennett's pack line defense that he plays is really – it's not something you can learn quickly. Like his best players – are always guys who've been there a three few or four years, years, yeah, and have really, yeah, have really had a chance to figure that defense out, and uh, he he sort of you know because of the transfer market and 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 other different things, he doesn't have as much roster stability as he had you know maybe you know three years ago or so when he was winning national title, uh, and, and I think Virginia is a really intriguing thing that, uh, team as a result of that this year um, because I, I I'll be interested in seeing if he can continue to if Tony Bennett can continue to to spin that magic without um, guys who've been you know two or three years already in the program. Today's show was brought to you by our friends over at Sweat Block. Hey guys, so there are a few things in life that just aren't fun to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. You know when you were sweating through your shirts for no reason? It's embarrassing, right? Some of you may know that I personally have dealt with this. When I speak in public, I can't help but sweat through my shirt. Now listen, I know this isn't life and death. And there are much worse problems in the world. But let's be honest, in the moment, it feels like a big deal. Nobody likes to pit out during an important speech, interview, or first date, God forbid. I'd much rather not worry about it. And that's why I use Sweatblock Antiperspirant Wipe. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirant. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed. The next morning, you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. I know this will sound too good to be true, but I literally only have to use Sweatblock once or twice a week, and it keeps me dry the whole time. No more pitting out, no more picking my shirts based on which one will hide sweat better. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at betonline.ag. It is that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the latest odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's brand new. That is brand new from our friends over at Bet Online. If you use promo code locked on and sign up today, you receive a 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day 
Super Promo and make a bet on Thursday, September 9th's season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all these great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Remember to use promo code Locked On. Jason Evans from the Locked On, or excuse me, from Duke Basketball Report is joining us here on Locked On Blue Devils. Always good to catch up with him and talk about uh, Duke athletics, particularly Duke basketball, as uh, we've been on a really good run recruiting, which we'll now discuss. Uh, Caleb Foster and Derek Lively, the second big time pickups for Duke men's basketball. Enjoyed our conversation earlier in the week with Brandon Jenkins from 24 7 Sports, who wrote the full scouting evaluation of both of those players, but also. I've loved listening to the DBR podcast because Jason Evans always has a remarkable breakdown of these guys. So, uh, Jason, what stands out to you about these two commitments? So, in a larger sense, I am incredibly impressed that John Shire continues to bring in just, you know, the, the, the best, first of all, class of 2022 looks like it's the best class in the nation. And, uh, and and, when, and in Caleb Foster, he's got a head start on, you know, what may be, at least initially, looking like the best class, the class of 23. And the reason I'm amazed at, at Shire's prowess at this is that no one knows what John Shire is as a coach yet. I mean, let's be really clear about that. Um, we, you know, he, he basically has been at Coach K's side, but in terms of Shire's identity, he doesn't have one. Sure. And the fact that he's been able to get these kids to buy into his vision of the program, his vision of their development, is is really impressive. It'd be if you're Derek Lively and you can go to any school you want in the country, well, you know, why why would you take a risk on the guy who's never coached a college game before? <laughs> Wouldn't you kind of go Oh, no, you know, I'm going to go play for John Calipari, who, who sends, you know, a dozen kids to the NBA every sure. year. Or, oh, I'm, I mean, Lively had his pick of other programs. Oh, I'll go to Gonzaga, which is the hot, hot big program right now, and play for Mark Few. He could go anywhere he wanted, and he picked a guy who's never coached a college game before. What that says to me is that John Shire is articulating something to these guys about how he's going to develop them, about how he's going to build this program, about what Duke is going to be in the post-Coach K era, that all these guys agree with, and they all understand it, and they all believe it. That's a big deal. Yeah, no, (laughs) it absolutely is. JJ, that's a really big deal, (laughs) and we should be clear about something. John Shire has not missed. Every single guy he's wanted in the class of 2022, he's gotten. Now, this is not... This is not yeah. a matter of just, oh, he, he cast a really wide net. You know, he, he made 20 offers or 30 offers, and, and he got four or five of them to say yes, which is what most programs do. John Shire so far has gone after a total of six players. I mean, that's really, he's gone after six players. Four of them have said yes, and two of them are supposedly leaning toward Duke. That's, that's ridiculous. That doesn't happen. That's, it doesn't happen. Yeah. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and, 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 
and and one of the one of the two who hasn't said yes officially yet is on campus this weekend. J.J. Starling. Sure. And uh, I'm I'm to me like the idea that a guy J.J. Starling's like a top thirty top thirty five player in the class. He is a for for folks who don't know he's like a, a he's six four six five combo guard can play a little bit of point but he's probably he's more of a scorer he's more of a shooter in fact um there's sort of a debate in the recruiting circles who's the best three-point shooter in the class of 2022 some people say it's Jaden shoot who's already committed to duke some people say it's jj starling who's visiting duke this weekend <laughs> so shire's like i want both of them right shire's <laughs> like, yeah hey you can you can hit three and by the way the best the best shooting big man in the class is kyle Filipowski, who he's already got <laughs> so it, we're we're definitely seeing that John Shire values the ability to shoot the three, but but JJ Starling grew up 15 minutes literally 15 minutes away from Syracuse, and Jim Beheim is known for, hey come here you know if you're a hot shot freshman and I'll play you 30 minutes a game and you can take eight or ten three pointers and we've seen we've seen that happen again and again and again at Syracuse, the fact that JJ Starling most people think is leaning towards Duke over Syracuse. Is like amazing, wild, because he would be the stud. Like at Syracuse, they would, yeah, not just that they're rolling out the red carpet, but like he'd be the high-profile recruit. We're going to build our program around you, and, and you know, not to not to knock him as a player at all. At Duke, at best, he'd be like the fourth or fifth, you know, best best recruit right. in the class. Right. The fact that John Shire is able to convince these guys come here and be a part of something bigger than you be a part of something that's, you know, more special than your individuality and you will grow because of it and you will become a better person and a better player because it's not all about you. It's about the team. That's, that's, I mean, it's incredible that he's able to convince so many of these kids to do that. So far he's four for four and he's got two more coming, including JJ Starling this weekend. Right. And then Mark Mitchell with Duke in the final four. It's awesome. It's awesome. This class that's being built together as uh, Jason Evans is joining us on the program, talking about JJ Starling. I, of course, am J.J. Jackson, so I think it's fair, Jason, to now ask you about J.J. Redick, who uh, made the decision <laughs> to, to retire this week. Yeah, and look, um, we're all sad. I, I, I will miss watching J.J. Redick shoot three-pointers. No because, doubt. Uh, I, you know, one of, the things, one of the things I really loved about him, uh, there are a lot of guys out there who can hit threes, you know, when they're standing still on the wing, you know, a guy penetrates, kicks it out to a guy who's standing on the wing, and he hits his three-pointer. There are not a lot of guys who can, like, you know, race off a, a, off a pick and catch the ball and curl and go up with a shot from three yeah. and hit it with the kind of consistency. That he JJ runs so much in the game without ever touching the basketball. Yes. It's crazy. Like, guarding him is a nightmare <laughs> because he's just a constant whirling dervish of, of motion. But, but I just, I loved watching him shoot those three pointers on the move because he would catch the ball. You know, maybe there'd be a dribble or two involved, but you would see him go up and, and, and you, like magically his whole body would turn his upper body, especially would turn his shoulders would suddenly be perfectly square to the basket. His arms would be in that motion that, that, you know, we've seen a million times. It doesn't matter what angle he's going at. He was able to elevate, and instantly be in perfect shooting form, which is obviously how you become one of the top, you know, 15 three-point shooters in NBA history. Uh, and I'm, I'm just, I, I'm going to miss watching him, rooting for him, 
uh, and, and seeing the great success he has. I'm just bummed that he couldn't have one more run and, and get a ring. Because yeah. this is a guy who was in the play. He was in the playoffs, I, I, I want to say it was the first 12 years of his career. Every single, maybe it was 13. I forget the exact number, 12 yeah. or 13. Every single year he was in the playoffs. Um, it was a run, unfortunately, that ended when he joined the New Orleans Pelicans. The bubble but, year, yep. um, yeah. But, but um, he, never, he never found his way to winning an NBA title. He was on some teams that came close, but uh, they, he, he, he could never get that NBA title, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm bummed for him because I know that's something that he would have really cherished. Do you still enjoy watching his Duke highlights? Because I can't ever get enough of them. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. And I remember some of those games so vividly. Um, yeah, he, he, uh, he was unreal. He had a game against Texas, I recall. That, um, I love that one, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, like, I, I'm trying to remember. I, Duke was like, I think Duke was number one, and Texas was like maybe number three. I may have, had the, I may have the numbers backwards. Maybe Duke was number three and Texas was number one, something like that. And, and J.J. basically ended the game in the first half. Right. It was just like no one on Texas was going to have a chance of stopping him. I, you know, he scored 30-something points, probably 28 in the first half. It was just it was unreal. And he was just having a good time. I mean, you know, we, we root for him now. Obviously, we as Duke fans love him. And there's so many guys, folks in the NBA who love him now. But people may, you know, if you're, if you're young, you don't remember. When J.J. was in college, he was hated. Oh, yeah. Hated. I mean, if you were not a Duke fan, you hated J.J. Redick with a fierce, burning passion, no matter where he went. Um, and, and he just shrugged it off. He was like, yeah, hate me all you want because I'm great. That famous cutoff <laughs> undershirt that he would rock <laughs> under the jersey. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Making exactly. big time shots. That's awesome. Uh, let's uh, let's kind of close out with this. Let's transition towards Caleb Foster, the first commit period in the class of 2023. So uh, yes, Duke right now has the number one class in 2022 for good reason, and the number one class in 2023. Okay, fine. It's because the only player uh, that's committed is going to Duke. But he's a five-star top ten player in the country. We've broke him down before, as I said earlier this week, with Brandon Jenkins from 24-7 Sports. The Nolan Smith side of this, though, Jason, when you look at it, obviously they've got the Oak Hill connection, and a lot of people want to say, okay, well, that's easy. That's why they were able to make such a great connection. But I think it more so just speaks to Nolan, the person and the personality that he's got, and one of the first big proof that he's going to be an amazing recruiter. Yeah, I mean, look, Nolan Smith is known as the people's champ for a good reason. He is, <laughs> he is someone who is effervescent. He's someone that everyone wants to be around. He's someone who is a absolute leader, and and you cannot, I, I think, you absolutely cannot um, undervalue that aspect of his personality and that aspect of, uh, of being a recruiter and being an assistant coach, uh, you know, it's easy to think of an assistant coach as not a leader because it's the job of the head coach to be the leader, but, but that's really not the case. You, you need multiple leaders on a team, and, uh, and, and Nolan Smith has been a consummate leader throughout his entire career, um, you know, including uh, winning a national title when he was, when he was at Duke and he was, he was one of the captains of that, I'm almost certain pretty sure he was one of the captains of that team yeah um, won the national title and he was certainly a captain of the team the next year when he was ACC player of the year um, uh, yeah I, I, I love Nolan as as sort of the, I, I imagine he's sort of going to be the lead the lead recruiting assistant for John Shire and and as much as we're giving John Shire credit for for these recruits that Duke's been reeling in over the past few weeks um, I, I completely agree that Nolan Smith deserves a lot of that credit I'm very excited about Caleb Foster um, I think that Duke is 
you know, Shire's doing a good job of sort of planning what the roster needs, uh, and uh, and I suspect a, a point guard um, like like Foster is, is what we're going to be looking at um, in the class of uh, what we would need in the 2023-2024 year. God, that sounds like that's forever. It's insane. You know? yeah. <laughs> but, but no, it, it, it is a position that I think um, uh, Duke's going to want someone who can, who can steady, you know, steady the reins and, and continue to drive the, uh, the engine that is the, the, the Duke, the Duke machine. And, and, you know, Foster's one of these guys who his, his first, his first job is going to be to make everyone else's life easier. He's not going to be a huge scorer, I don't think. Um, he's not a guy who's known for putting up big scoring numbers. Right. He's known for being really, really smart, putting people in the right place to make them right. more successful. Um, you know, playing good defense, using his body well on offense and defense, and and being a leader. And you know, I suspect he looks at. He looks at guys like Nolan Smith and John Shire and says, that's the kind of player I want to try to be, um, the player that they were. So why not learn and, from uh, them every day? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Perfect. Perfect. Jason Evans from the Duke Basketball Report has been joining us here today on the program. They always do an outstanding job on their podcast. So, Jason, why don't you go ahead and plug that for me? Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, so you can find us. I mean, look, you don't know where to find uh, Search for Duke Basketball Report. <laughs> And there it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, easy enough to find us there. Yeah, and uh, we've been having a good time. It's been a, um, it's been a fun summer, and uh, just really excited for, for basketball to get going again. I think we're like, something like forty-eight days from the tip-off of the right. The you got it Classic. right. I think that's the number. Yeah. So close. So close. Can't wait. Can't wait. Check it out. It's the Duke I'm Basketball ready. Report, and uh, Jason Evans is joining us here on the show. Can't wait to chat to you again sometime soon, Jason. Okay. I appreciate it, buddy. Anytime. That's Jason Evans joining us here on Locked On Blue Devils. Thank you again to Jason Evans from the Duke Basketball Report for joining us here today on Locked On Blue Devils. I love our conversations every single time that we sit there and talk. And look, he's talking about John Shire and the recruiting pace that he has been on. That is important to know every single recruit that John Shire has wanted since he became the head coach in waiting has committed to Duke. The last two to go, J.J. Starling and Mark Mitchell. We hope that those guys make the decision to play for the Duke Blue Devils. Follow Jason on Twitter at JasonDukeEvans. Check out the Duke Basketball Report. And thank you again for listening to our program. Follow our show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. My Twitter handle at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Follow Lockdown Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcasts. Remember to send us those five-star ratings and reviews. Any questions that you have, email them. LockdownBlueDevils at gmail.com. I can answer them on the show in the mail back Monday installments that we do every few weeks. Can't wait to do that. Make sure you go check out Locked on ACC today with Candace Cooper, a great breakdown of the upcoming week for ACC football. Coming up tomorrow, Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk, Section 17 podcast is back with us as Duke gets ready for a football game versus Kansas. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.